Okay, so my name is Haley Alexander. Um, I work for Troy University Chi Alpha. Um, so this is the continuation of the multiply track, and this time we're going to be doing multiplying through healthy relationships. Um, so yeah, so how many of you know someone who's like naturally super, or I guess not naturally, you have to work for it, but who's super, super healthy, like eats healthy, works out, all of the good stuff? Okay, cool. How many of you are like that? Okay, so one or two of you. Okay, cool. So I try, but um, I really like cupcakes, so um, cupcakes and cake and ice cream um, pretty much ruin that for me. But um, throughout my life, my mom has been a really cool example of somebody that is healthy and who eats healthy and who exercises. And honestly, so um, when I was when I went to college, I had never had a McDonald's cheeseburger um, because my mom did not believe in it. And so some of my friends were like, Haley, you have got to try a McDonald's cheeseburger. You can't be in college and not have ever had one. So they took me to McDonald's and they got me one and I didn't like it. Um, but it's okay. I like their McFlurries. Um, I'm more of a sweets person anyway. But anyway, um, so my mom has always been like the model of health to me. Um, so she's in her 50s right now, and she would hate me if I told you guys that. But so she's in her 50s, but she looks like she's like in her 30s, and she's really short. She's got like the short blonde hair, super cute, looks like a little model. Um, but she's just always been this way. Um, so whenever I think of a healthy person, she's always the first person that comes to mind. But it's not only because of the way that she takes care of her physical body, but the way that she models her life after the Lord. My mom has always been the one who was taking us to church and who um, was doing her quiet time. And even in the times where like her and my dad were going through a little rough patch, and I would look at her sometimes and be like, you know, if you ran away, I would understand right now. But she didn't, <laughs> which is good. Um, and she was just always that role model for me to exemplify health and to show me what it looks like to fervently follow the Lord, even in the times where it's really difficult. So I think that whenever we think about it, um, we've all kind of had someone in our lives that's modeled health either, either, either anyway, um, either physically or mentally, spiritually, emotionally. Um, so we know somebody who is the picture of health to us. Um, or maybe it's like an actor or an actress or whatever. Um, yeah, somebody. Um, but I think that sometimes, even though we see other people living healthy lives and we see them attaining all of these really cool goals, we don't view this as attainable for us. Like, we look at them and we're like, oh, hashtag goals. But we don't think that it's actually possible for us to be healthy because it seems too complicated. And so even though it might look different for each person, even though it might look different for me, even though I might be healthy and still eat cupcakes all the time, um, maybe that looks different for you. Um, and so I think that we put the idea of health inside of a box and we don't realize that it can look different for each and every one of us. So, I've got some questions if you guys have the handout. Um, so these are just kind of going to be guided questions that I'm going to go through and answer to the best of my ability. And then at the end, if you guys have any further questions that you feel like I didn't answer, just raise your hand and, or yell at me or whatever you feel like doing. So, 
what does it mean for me personally to be healthy? I feel weird holding a mic in here because it's a small room. Can you guys hear me if I don't? Okay, cool. It just doesn't feel natural. Anyway, okay, so the first thing that we have to think about um, when we're thinking about how to grow the kingdom or how to multiply the kingdom as individuals um, is how we as individuals can be healthy. So the first thing that we need to know here is what does the term health mean? I think this is a term that we throw around all the time, like she's super healthy or that food's not healthy or celery is super healthy but really bad, um, whatever it may be. But I don't think that we really take the time to be like, what does this word mean? So the term healthy um, is to show mental, physical, or emotional well-being. So what are some things that you guys can think of that are characteristics of a healthy person? Like, off the top of your head, what do you think of when you think of the person that is healthy? Okay, running the mile in six minutes, yeah. I was thinking like They walk up stairs without breathing heavy. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Good enough for me. Yeah. Good immune system, yeah. Yeah. They understand how to form Yes, I love that one. Yes. You get a gold star. Anybody else? They feel good? Yeah? Was that you, Christine? Okay. (laughs) Your voice sounds a little bad. Do we kind of see healthy people around lots of other people? Because people are actually drawn to, if you're healthy, like you're happy. So they're like in the community. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Anybody else? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. So the healthy person is usually happy? Okay. I follow that, yeah. Are healthy people typically like to share what they believe? Yes, they do. Yes, I agree with that. Anybody else? Okay. Um, So yeah, I think a lot of those characteristics are definitely characteristics of somebody that I would classify as healthy. Um, I kind of, so I really like researching random things, so I don't, I don't consider myself super intelligent, I don't consider myself dumb, but I consider myself someone who has a lot of useless knowledge. So, (laughs) some of the useless knowledge that I'm going to share with all of you today are the 15 traits of a healthy person that I googled. So the healthy person is, number one, they are connected, which we kind of touched on being in the community. They are connected to others. Um, They are curious, so they're always wanting to learn more and seeking to learn more. Um, They are usually giving people. Um, They are active, so like they could probably maybe not run six miles, but maybe one mile. Um, maybe six. They are learners. They're balanced, which was already said. Um, they are centered, typically kind, content, flexible, aware, great, slow down. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay, where did you guys leave off? I'll st- okay, um, I'll start back at kind. Is that good? Okay, kind, content, flexible, 
aware, grateful. They're typically groomed and resilient. Hold on. Oh, I didn't add. I didn't add healthy because I thought that was redundant. Yeah. So, so there are fifteen, but I told you fourteen. Yes. Balanced and centered. What? Um. I. So, this is my opinion. Um. I would say that the person who is balanced has a good balance of different things in their life. Like they balance friendships and alone time really well, or like, I guess like if you're wanting to go like in the Christian route, it would be like they're really, they do really well with their quiet time, but they also do really well in their community and the projector is doing something funky. Um, and they, and then, or like if you're doing it in the eating way, they would balance out, um, sweets eating healthy, staying active, all three of those. I think saying centered, I guess um, a synonym for that would be being grounded. Um, and I don't think this is going to work. It's a really pretty PowerPoint. If, if I just turn it around, can you guys see it? Can some of you see it? It's a small computer, but... We make do with what we've got. Um, okay, are there any other questions about the list? Did I answer your question? Sorry, I was a little bit all over the place. Um, all right, so those are the fifth, 14 traits. Um, but in my opinion, um, and more spiritually speaking, I guess, so we've talked about like the physical attributes of somebody who is um, healthy or some of the character qualities of somebody is healthy, but somebody who is spiritually healthy is a person who acknowledges their need for God. They are honest about their shortcomings and they are willing to do what it takes to grow. And then once that growth happens, some of the characteristics that are mentioned before kind of take place. And so <clears throat> I think that sometimes we kind of complicate this again a little bit, where we think that we have to have each and every one of these qualities, but we never talk about what has to happen in order to have these qualities. So I think that in order to have these qualities, then we must acknowledge that we need a savior, we need God to help us to become healthy. And we need to be honest and say, on my own, I cannot do this. And we need to be willing to do what it takes. So how can being healthy in your walk with God and the, and the characteristics that we've mentioned play together? What do you guys think? How can the character, the 14 traits of a healthy person, 14, um, and also, 14, anyway, and also, um, 
How can being healthy in your walk with God and the characteristics we've mentioned play together? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so for willing to grow, um, in, in the desire to grow, you need other people. And mm-hmm. one of the things we've introduced is that, that they are usually like outward looking and connected and curious and giving are three things that I think mm-hmm. like function within that. And so if you are trying to grow, you are trying to understand things that are not yourself. Mm-hmm. Because to grow, you can't grow by understanding like your own thought better. You can't, but it's to understand your own thought better, you go out and meet other people. And so in that way, grow us to need to be more connected and to need to be more curious and also allow us to be more giving to others because you are giving your time to them and you are um, seeking to understand both yourself and them better. Yeah, that connects like five of them. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Anybody else? Yeah, go ahead. I would say I think someone who's really valid and faith tends to pick up the idea of being, you know, really resilient mm-hmm. and being really like, flexible. Because I know for me personally, being in a, a college scenario, is a lot of my professors tend to be really like really anti-Christianity mm-hmm. and they're very vocal about it. And so it can tend to be really stressful when you are trying to decide, you know, I know I should stand up, but I also don't want to fail in this class I'm paying thousands of dollars for so it's someone who's really rooted in their faith and making that decision tends to be a lot easier we're a lot more worthwhile I guess they're trying to play together okay anybody else yeah uh, people who are spiritually healthy um, usually are content with who they are mm-hmm. uh, knowing that they don't have everything all together but they know they make things all together yeah, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, it's good. All right, so one of the scriptures that I found that I feel like um, laid this out really well is um, Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 21. I'm going to put it on here, but I don't think you're going to be able to read it. It's really small. I'll read it, and I'll try to go slow. Um, but this kind of, to me, spells out the... <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was going to be bigger on the projector. Um, But these are some of the characteristics that I found in Scripture um, that would be some qualities of a healthy person. Um, So it's Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 21. It's kind of long, so bear with me. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. 
If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. These are all of the qualities that are shown in this verse. I'll read them. Um, there are a lot, um, but just bear with me. I think Paul spells out really well here what the healthy person looks like. So the healthy person, number one, genuinely loves. And if you guys don't get all of this, it's, it's okay. I can, we can talk after, yeah. Um, the healthy person abhors what is evil, holds fast to what is good, loves others with brotherly affection, outdoes others in showing honor, is not slothful in zeal, is fervent in spirit, serves the Lord, rejoices in hope, is patient in tribulation, constant in prayer, shows hospitality, blesses those who persecute them, rejoices with those who rejoice, weeps with those who weep, lives in harmony with others, is not haughty, does what is honorable in the sight of all. I'm going to summarize this, I promise. Lives peaceably with all as much as possible, does not seek to avenge themselves, helps their enemies, and overcomes evil with good. So here again, <clears throat> I think that sometimes we write off being healthy. Um, I say we, I think that this is something that I personally have really struggled with, and so I assume that other people probably have too. Um, I think that oftentimes, like, I look at other people and I'm like, I can't, I can't do that. Um, but I think that at least for me, I look at personality types a lot. I really like personalities, and I really like looking at, like, the different personality types. Um, Enneagrams, big fan. Um, <laughs> but so I look at other people, and I'm like, but you are so much more authoritative than I am. But you have so much more compassion than I have. But you are so much stronger than me. And so I characterize health as personality, and I get it kind of confused. But I think that we can have health. And I don't think that it's too difficult. Because at the root of the healthy person is something that's really simple. And that's a humble heart that's willing to listen to God and willing to change the things that do not represent him. Um. So in other words, the healthy person remains fat. How many of you have heard that before? Yeah. So he, remain, he or she remains faithful, available, and teachable. <laughs> Why? Because healthy people are fat? Oh. Why? Yeah, they're faithful, available, and teachable. <laughs> um, but yeah, so to be fat, faithful, available, teachable is to be healthy. Which is, yeah. Anyway. <clears throat> Thanks. Um, so to be healthy is to remain these, th these three things throughout one's entire life. So this means that even if you enter into a place of leadership or if you get into the job role that you really, really want, that you've been seeking after, this means that even in those roles you remain faithful, available, teachable, you realize that you still have things to learn. So one of the things that my dad um, kind of instilled in me 
is, so I did my CMIT, which you guys have already heard about this morning, but it's Campus Missionary and Training Program. Um, I did that, I finished May 2016, and I did it at Columbus State University in Columbus, Georgia. Um, shameless plug, CMIT, awesome. Um, but while I was doing, after I finished my CMIT, when I graduated, I um, went home and I was talking to my dad, and my dad was like, Haley, this is awesome. You just got your license to learn. And I looked at him and I was like, no, I just learned all of this stuff so that I can go on staff and teach other people. That's what I did. And to me, it was like, what are you saying to me? And so my dad talked to me about it and he was like, no, when you complete something and you move on, you move on to learn more. And he like, he told me, he was like, you never stop learning. Anything that you have is a license to learn more. And so I didn't like that at first because um, I felt like I had just spent 10 months of my life learning so much. It was like a fountain of knowledge, and I was done. But it makes sense, and it is a good characteristic desired by anyone. This is because you remain willing to allow God to change you. The healthy person understands that growth is never-ending. Also notice that these characters are very vague and they're very broad. They fit a multitude of different types of people. The healthy person doesn't look a certain way, but instead models a certain behavior or takes on a certain demeanor. So again, it's not always about personality. So once a person is healthy, they can now enter into a healthy relationship. So what is a healthy relationship? <clears throat> How many of you have been in a relationship that you think is really healthy, friendship or otherwise? Okay, so a lot of you have had really healthy friendships or relationships. Um, what things characterize that friendship? Why do you think it was healthy? Okay, somebody you can depend on. Yeah. Um, we're just super honest. So, like, we give genuine compliments, but also saying, hey, this is really I like that. That's a good friend. Yeah. Mutual love and respect. Mutual love and respect, yeah. Bearing with one another and, like, being able to show the grace and forgiveness of each other whenever we don't do those things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Honestly, those are memes. Memes? <laughs> so memes made your relationship healthy? Yes. All right. Yeah. Mutual understanding or empathy one another. Understanding or what? Mutual understanding or, like, empathy. Like, when someone has something going on. Uh, you may not know how it feels to be in a position, but you can try to understand and be there for them. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Uh, just like each other back to the place. Yes, absolutely, yeah. Clear communication. Yeah, I like that. I think a good relationship is one where you help each other grow and come out of it better. Yes, I really like that, yeah. <laughs> Anybody else? Okay. I think those are all really good. Um, you guys are evidently better at healthy relationships than <laughs> I used to be. Um, so I really like sharing personal stories, if you guys haven't noticed. Um, but whenever I think of a really healthy relationship, I think about my best friend, Ashley. Um, she is going on staff at UGA, so that's pretty cool. But anyway, um, we actually met on a mission trip. We were going to Romania. Um, the summer of 2014, 
And when I first met her, um, she was already talking about doing ministry full time and she was already like super passionate about it. And I was, um, sorry, Um, I was wanting to be an English teacher. I wanted to teach high school English and I was set on it. And God had kind of started stirring some things and kind of been like, hey, Haley, wouldn't it be cool if you could disciple girls for the rest of your life? Because I really like leading life group and I really like asking questions if you guys have haven't noticed. Um, but she was so confident about it. And, um, when she was talking about it, I started thinking and I was like, man, she hasn't even gotten to her senior year of college yet. And she's so confident about serving the Lord. Why can't I? And so as I got to know her more, I started realizing some similarities and then I really wanted to be her friend, but I thought that we lived like eight hours apart. I had no idea that we were only two hours away from each other. So whenever we left the mission trip, I was like, I'll never see you again. Um, and then I ended up going on a mission on a stateside trip to Columbus State University, which is where she went to school and, um, saw her again, realized that we were in fact two hours apart. And, um, then she also met, introduced me to my husband that week. So that was cool. But so she's like locked in friend for life. She has no choice. Um, yeah. So I went on a mission trip and I took home a souvenir anyway, (laughs) by the way, that is not the goal of mission trips, but sometimes it does happen. (laughs) Um, yes. Anyway. Uh, so But here's the thing. Ashley and I had, we ended up talking and we had both been in some friendships that were really unhealthy. And both of us had similar, um, I guess, toxic relationships that we had been in where we were in friendships where we did not have the ability to tell others no. And so we would just tell them yes to everything. And if we were to tell them no, we felt like they weren't going to be our friends anymore. Um, And so we both entered this friendship really nervous and kind of like, I don't know. I can trust you. Are you going to take advantage of me? But here are some things that happened in my life before I became friends with Ashley that kind of helped me with this. Um, Again, I had already been in several friendships where I felt like I was giving more than I was receiving. I did not set proper boundaries. That is something that I really, really struggled with. And I found myself empty. And I had friendships where manipulation was a characteristic, and I knew that I didn't want to be a part of that anymore, so I knew the things that I wanted in my future friendship. And so Ashley and I both had been praying for a good friend because we were both in a, like, season of life where we were kind of lonely, and I had just cut off a couple of my—not really cut off. The friendship just kind of fizzled. But um, So I had lost a lot of my friends. She had lost a lot of hers, and so it was a cool thing. But the difference between my friendships in the past and my friendship with Ashley is this. We had both taken the time to be healthy on our own in our relationships with God at this point in our lives. And I had learned how to be a good friend and how to kind of sort of almost set proper boundaries. Um, And Ashley had done the same, but Ashley's really helped me with my boundaries and letting me know that it's okay to say no. So a healthy relationship, after all of this long story, in a nutshell, requires boundaries that are respected on both ends. Oh, no. There we go. (coughs) So, again, defining words. First, we need to know what a boundary is before we start saying how we need to have them. So a boundary 
According, have any of you read the book Boundaries by Dr. Henry Cloud? Okay, you have. It's a really good book if you haven't read it. Highly recommend it. Dr. Henry Cloud. There's also a workbook that goes with it, which is good. Um, but a boundary is making a is basically like making a claim of where you end and someone else begins. So a boundary is basically like a privacy fence. So it's basically saying you can come this far, but then you have to stop because this is my line that you are not allowed to cross. So this is something that I've struggled a lot with as I've continued my journey in Chi Alpha. Um, I know if you guys are a life group leader, small group leaders, community group leaders, whatever they're called at your campus, um, you guys have probably come into contact with this um, in trying to set proper boundaries with the guys or girls that you're mentoring. So when I started my CMIT program, um, I had moved to a new place, and the only two people that I knew were Ashley and my husband, Wesley. And so I really wanted to make new friends because I didn't want to be super dependent on either one of them. I wanted it to be my home. I wanted to somehow make it my own. So I thought it was a really good idea to let this girl come and stay with me the first week of my internship and stay on my couch in my loft that had one door to the restroom, and that was it. And I mean, I guess the door to get into the apartment. But I said yes to her, to staying there for a whole week. I didn't know her. I'm an introvert. It's really taxing. And then on top of that, one of my friends from Troy asked me if she could come and stay with me. And I didn't want to tell her no, because I was like, oh, well, she misses me, and that's sad. I need to say yes. So I said yes to her, too. So she came, and then I was doing all of my studies um, And I just said yes to everything. And I realized that saying yes to everything meant denying myself over and over and over again. So this story kind of reminded me of a story in Exodus with Moses. Again, it's really long, but... So it's Exodus chapter 18, verses 13 through 18. The next day, Moses sat to judge the people, and the people stood around Moses from morning till evening. When Moses' father-in-law saw all that he was doing for the people, he said, What is this that you are doing for the people? Why do you sit alone and all the people stand around you from morning till evening? And Moses said to his father-in-law, Because the people come to me to inquire of God. When they have a dispute, they come to me, and I decide between one person and another, and I make them know the statutes of God and his laws. Moses' father-in-law said to him, What you are doing is not good. You and the people with you will certainly wear yourselves out, for the thing is too heavy for you. You are not able to do it alone. So this is taking place after the Lord had brought Israel out of Egypt, and Jethro, who is Moses' father-in-law, had heard about everything that God had done for Moses and for Israel. And so he's coming, and he's bringing Moses' wife and Moses' two children along with him. And they're going there to kind of get, like, get caught up to speed. And so Moses talks to Jethro, and he's like, here are all of these awesome things that God has just done for us. And so Jethro's really excited, and he's celebrating with Moses. Well, then Jethro sees Moses carrying all of this weight on his shoulders, not... Um, 
the word, distributing, giving other people tasks, delegating, that's the word, yep. Um, he was not delegating to anyone. Um, and then he's not so happy anymore, and he kind of stops celebrating, and he's like, whoa, Moses, what are you doing, man? Um, you're doing way too much, you're carrying way too much on your shoulders, and you're going to burn out quickly, is basically what he says. So the way that I handled the beginning of my internship kind of reminded me of this story where I took way too much on my own shoulders. I was trying to do all of my studies. I was trying to help a friend. I was trying to also help somebody that I didn't even really know. And my intentions were really good. And I think this is the same with Moses. I think his intentions were really good. He was trying to continue taking care of the Israelites. And he wanted them to be protected. He wanted them to be okay. And he wanted them to live a life that was pleasing to the Lord. But the way he was doing it was not good. Just like my execution was not good. So we see this similarity here. So... Jethro continues talking to Moses in Exodus 18, 19 through 23. And he says, Now obey my voice. I will give you advice, and God be with you. You shall represent the people before God and bring their cases to God. And you shall warn them about the statutes and the laws and make them know, make them know the way in which they must walk and what they must do. Moreover, Look for able men from all the people, men who fear God, who are trustworthy and hate a bribe. And place such men over the people as chiefs of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, and of tens. And let them judge the people at all times. Every great matter they shall bring to you, but any small matter they shall decide themselves. So it will be easier for you, and they will bear the burden with you. If you do this, God will direct you and will be able to in, and you will be able to endure and all these people also will go to their place in peace so here Jethro is teaching Moses boundaries Moses is now to be the representative before God asking God before he makes any of the final decisions so the weight's not on all on his shoulders anymore he has to seek God first he has to teach the decrees instead of just telling the people what to do. So he's teaching them how to live, and then they will be able to make these decisions on their own. He is showing them how to live and behave. He is, select, he is to select people to help him, and he is to allow these people to serve as judges, bringing only the difficult cases to Moses. <clears throat> so a relationship with boundaries basically gives us freedom. But I think that sometimes we see boundaries as something that's mean and harsh because we feel like, or I feel like, maybe you don't feel like this, that if I tell people no, they're going to get mad at me. Like if somebody texts me after 11 p.m. and I don't text them back, what if they're not going to reply in the morning because I didn't text them back fast enough? That's ridiculous. So I think that sometimes we think that they're mean, or unreasonable or harsh, but they're necessary and they're loving and they show that we care about the relationship. So we are to help one another develop our own personal relationships with God, giving them tools to encourage our friends to seek God on their own and to come to decisions on their own. We are basically to be supporters and not enablers. And I think that oftentimes, even though we don't want to admit it, we are enablers. 
So after all of this, defining what about what a healthy relationship is and what being healthy is, how can I have one? It seems like a lot of you in this room already have fairly healthy relationships, um, but this one is pretty simple to me. I imagine it's pretty simple to you as well. To have a healthy relationship, be a healthy person. You guys have all of the tools at this point to have what it takes to have and to keep a healthy relationship. At this point, you know what it means for you to be healthy. You know, you know what a healthy relationship looks like. You understand the boundaries that are necessary. But just one other tip that's in um, the boundaries book from Dr. Henry Cloud. Um, he kind of talks about this idea of boulders versus daily loads. And so this is just a helpful tool for like how to say when to say yes and how to say when to say no. So a boulder is something that's too big for you to carry on your own. So other people do have to come alongside of you and help you lift it. So these would be like tragic events that have happened in somebody's life. This would be like a death in the family or, you know, somebody struggling with um, severe clinical depression. Um, that's something that's probably too big for them to carry on their own. Things of that nature. But we say no to helping people with their daily loads. These would be things like people's own feelings, people's um, own thoughts, their attitudes, behaviors, as well as their responsibilities that God has given to them. So we say no in helping daily loads, and we say yes to helping boulders. So in a nutshell, we are not responsible for one another, but we are responsible to one another. So we are responsible for helping people, but we're not responsible for how you're feeling or what your attitude is, things of that nature. Does that make sense? Okay. So how will this affect the way that I disciple? <laughs> so healthy relationships affect that we disciple, the way we disciple others to have relationships with God. This is because everything that we have discussed thus far boils down to love. The loving person who has proper, proper boundaries values the relationship Boundaries help us to learn how to love others well. When we value the relationship, we do not withhold truth out of fear of hurting someone else because we know that the truth is good for their soul. So it's kind of like you and your best friend where you're super honest with each other and you can tell her, hey, you're kind of getting on my nerves right now. And I'm sure that this applies to biblical truths as well, where you can be like, what you're doing is kind of sinful and kind of bring them back. And you know that it's good for their soul, so you do it anyway. And I think that this is kind of the idea of short-term versus long-term. I can be courteous of your feelings, but what's the, what's the long-term effect going to be for you? The healthy person values them enough to speak truth in love. We honor and respect their boundaries, and we lead by the example that Jesus laid out for us because Jesus wasn't really a sugar-coating kind of guy. When we disciple others, we are showing them how to become a disciple themselves. So we kind of disciple into them parts of who we are and character traits that we have. So if we are healthy, then we are discipling health into other people. So essentially, the effect here is direct. So how will this affect the overall health of my community? 
All right, so here I just want you guys to imagine something with me. So imagine that you guys are on a leadership team at your campus that reflects all of the characteristics that we've talked about so far today. So imagine if, so you're on this leadership team, so imagine that you and everybody else on your leadership team that has all of these characteristics, you guys all disciple two people. So all of those two people, well, it would be more than two people, you guys get what I'm saying. All of those people would also end up being healthy people because what you've discipled into them is health. So then those people disciple people, and those people disciple people, and then you've got a whole community that's healthy. So this slide is my, no, not this one. This slide is my favorite, but, I mean, you can kind of see the connections. So we're connected more than we realize whenever we're discipling. Healthy leaders disciple healthy leaders, which leads to an overall healthy community. So when we're not healthy, on the other hand, we disciple into others our unhealthy habits, leading to a community that is not healthy overall. So what are some things that you guys would like to see in your community in order to make it more healthy? Thinking of your campuses. What are some things that you guys feel like you can do in order to make your um, campus more healthy? Yeah, so like making time to build relationship? I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. So what are some specific things that you guys feel like you personally can do? Yeah. Spend more time in the Word? Yourself? Yeah. I agree with that. Uh, thank you, Mom. And probably making ourselves more available. Because a lot of times, like, I'm just hanging out with people that I've hung out with throughout the entire life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think inconveniencing <coughs> yourself is definitely part of it. Anybody else? Praying more? Yeah, prayer is always pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Anybody else? This is all that I really have for you. I just wanted to kind of go through some questions that I thought you may have about um, being healthy and having a healthy community. But I also wanted to open up the floor to see if you guys have any questions for me. Um, We have about nine minutes left. So you guys can shoot as many or as little, as many or as few questions as you would like to at me. Yeah. Hmm, that is a really good question. Um, I think that with relationships, you have like, 
I don't know, different depths of the relationship. And so I think that as the relationship goes deeper, you automatically become more vulnerable. And so I think it's just a matter of like honoring the steps of the relationship, if that makes sense. So like, I just got to know you, so I probably wouldn't share with you my deepest, darkest secret right now, but I may six months down the road. Um, because at that point I would know that I can trust you and I would know that at that point you're probably going to lead me in the right direction. Um, that like, if I'm in a sin issue or something like that, you would probably help lead me to redemption. Um, and I think, yeah, I think that with time we see other people's characteristics as well and see whether or not we can trust them with those things. So does that help? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you think it's actually, uh, Disadvantage, like a negative effect if you open up too much to somebody too quickly. Hmm. So, like, say you're like an open book kind of person, uh-huh. and you're just like you tell them like one of the worst things that's happened to you, like that you wouldn't just go up and like like before you had dealt with this, you mm-hmm. like, you wouldn't just go up and tell anybody, and they're like, oh my gosh, do you think they'd be intimidated, or do you think they'd like wow, like are the human? I think that it depends on what type of person you are. So for me, being an introvert, if somebody comes up to me and shares this, like, huge thing with me and I've never met them before, I'm probably going to be like, whoa. Um, So I'm just, I'm not really an open book person. I try to be more of one, but I'm not naturally. Um, But I think that, I don't know, I think it just kind of depends. Um, I think that when you're in ministry, though, or if you're leading a life group, it works to your advantage to be more vulnerable because the students following you see you as more of a human being. Um, so in that case, it probably works as an advantage rather than a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just want to that, like, I'm a very open book person, and I know I've scared some people off before because it just, like, came out with big, big bits of information for them. And for me, what I have to do is just, like, pray about it and just yeah, I think that's really good advice to pray before you open your mouth. I think that's always good advice. <laughs> Anybody, any other questions? Well, I'm going to pray with you guys, if you don't mind, and then breakouts are over for today. Um, All right. Dear God, I just thank you so much for this opportunity to be able to meet new people and to be able to talk to them and share some of my heart about what it means to be healthy and what being healthy does to relationships and the community overall. And God, I just pray that you would continue to move in the hearts of everybody that's in this room right now. I pray that um, as they continue moving through salt, that you would um, just move in their hearts and move in their lives and reveal to them things that maybe you want to refine and that you would just clean out their rooms, God. And, um, I pray that they would leave here feeling refreshed and ready to take on a new semester. And I just pray all this in your name. Amen. Thanks.